everyone, and welcome to another episode of Based on a True Story. I am your host, Eric Smith. Uh, I was away for a little bit. Uh, you know, I live in New York, and with everything going on with uh, COVID and the Black Lives Matter protests, I just, you know, it didn't feel like a great time to be online hawking my podcast, so I took a little time away, but I'm back. Um, gonna make sh- gonna be putting out uh, regular episodes from now on, at least one a week. I'll do more if I can book more. But I already recorded a few before I went away, so uh, those will be the next few coming up over the next few weeks. Uh, today I'm talking to Mike Finton of Spiritual Cramp, and Spiritual Cramp is just one of my absolute favorite bands in the world today. Period. End of end of story. I mean, they make amazing music and their live show is just insane i mean just you know uh we a band i play in had the pleasure of playing with them a little while ago uh, in brooklyn and it was just from moment one to the end just pure joy pure joy on stage pure joy in the audience i mean it was just it was everything that i like about music that i like about playing bass that i like about the world and the earth uh, you know, it's just it's it's a holistic experience that is just everything that I love about you know this thing that I that we do. So um, I had a great time talking to Mike, and what was cool was you'll hear a couple times throughout the episode. It you know we I didn't know that much about Mike before starting the interview, and just through the process of talking to him, there was a couple times where we were just on totally the same you know. Uh, wavelength just you know he was saying things that I had been thinking for years and had you know either told people and they didn't agree with me or just thought it was silly you know things to care about but Mike was just saying them without uh, you know unprompted you know we were we'd been having similar thoughts for so long so it was so fun to talk to him and so I mean it's one of my favorite interviews I've done so far just because there is just so much connection between us um and he's just a genuinely like very uh, awesome dude and very cool person to talk to. Um, so I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I had talking to Mike. Um, and if you uh, want to get in touch with me, uh, a couple people reached out by email, uh, which was so cool. Uh, you can reach me at basedpod at gmail.com. Um, you know, uh, if you feel so inclined, please go on iTunes, like and subscribe the show, uh, tell your friends about it. Um, like I said, the podcast will be regular from now on, uh, at least one a week, maybe more. Uh, if you have any suggestions, if you have anything, uh, please drop me a line anytime. I also have Twitter at BasedPod, um, B-A-S-S-E-D-P-O-D. Um, so please uh, hit me up there. I'd love to talk to you. Um, and yeah, let me know what you think. Uh, cool. Well, Mike, man, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, thanks for uh, thinking of me. Yeah, of course. Uh, Spiritual Cramp is, uh, I mean, maybe my favorite like live band that's like currently around. Like the the, the scene you guys play live is insane. It's so fun. Ah, oh, thanks. That's <laughs> definitely uh, fun to do. It's kind of crazy. It's like a yeah. big circus. It's funny because I had seen videos, um, and then when we we played a show together in Brooklyn, and like 
it was i mean i don't know it was pretty wild seeing it live because it was just like i don't know it was like there was so much it was more energy than i even thought having seen like videos of you right it was it was pretty crazy yeah max max kind of he really he brings a lot of like movement so it's you kind of <laughs> like have to try and match match his energy level right like, so like at rehearsals and things it's so it's like so he doesn't usually rehearse with us so it's right, like so right. much low, like just more chill and then when max shows <laughs> up it's just like fully like on so it's definitely a lot of fun right uh, I, I, we're gonna get into like your history playing bass and playing music and all that stuff but since we're we're talking about this this is a question i had that i'm curious about like with a band like spiritual cramp is that sort of live element is that like i don't know what the word to say is like it, it, do, are you guys conscious of it do you think about it at all or is it just sort of like how you guys are and just sort of happened when you guys started playing together yeah i mean it, it definitely just happened like happened i mean it's definitely like we acknowledge the fact that it's ridiculous, you know, to an extent. <laughs> kind of. um, I, but it's not like, I, I wouldn't, it's not like forced. I mean, we definitely like enjoy it and like, like to, you know, have fun, but it's it, pretty much, it's just like show up and do it and whatever happens happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's great. I, Cause like, yeah, it didn't seem like forced or anything. It's just, you know, I don't know. I've, it, it's rare to see bands that are like, I mean, lots of bands move and stuff, but like, I don't know. There's something about like with Max and then like, uh, Mike up front is always yeah. like dancing around while he's singing and stuff. And like, it was just like, it's funny. Cause the, 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 like I had to go back and like reread some of the lyrics and stuff. Cause it's not like happy music. Right. but it's like but the stage presence is very like joyous like i don't know it's like very like an intense fun stage show so you know it's an interesting dynamic right yeah i mean we it's definitely like that's the yeah that's kind of the only time that you get to enjoy being on the planet so <laughs> you just make it make it worth it yeah that's a that's a beautiful way to phrase that because that's that that's like that's similar to stuff i've said in the past like that's one of the reasons you keep doing it is because it's like that's that's the best time that you you're gonna have. That's the only time I don't think about anything else is like yep. playing on stage. Yep, <laughs> and then loading on and loading off back to just you know <laughs> horrible, horrible, horrible right. reality. So right. Well, so yeah. So tell me. I usually just start off asking everybody about how they got. How did you get into like playing music? Um, I mean, I'm, I, so I'm from a small town, um, like I mentioned earlier, if, um, called Ukiah, which is about two hours north of San Francisco. Um, okay. and so I, I didn't really like, there wasn't a ton of shows or anything at all really like where, like here, I mean, there was a couple bands from here, but everything happens in the Bay area, you know? Um, right. So we kind of just started smashing stuff in like middle school. Um, my, my friends and I in his basement, you know, um, right. And like, we were, we were like obsessed with like AFI, you know, kind of stuff. So, um, that's pretty sure. much like all we were like <laughs> thinking about and trying to do. So, you know, we would just smash on stuff for several years and then, um pretty much for with no shows or anything and then 
um when we got into high school we started just kind of doing our own like putting on our own shows you know kind of classic stories as far as like small town stuff um right yeah i mean it's pretty weird where like this town's pretty strange so it we were it's like super ag there's like lots of agriculture um it's pretty much like wine and pears so um if you're if i mean we were like weird to be you know what i mean we were definitely like outsiders as far as that goes um right like, right it's pretty much just like a foot you know like a football town so sure um, and so just you know just i mean skateboarding's probably what actually got me into playing music just you know just being in uh like the skate shop and hear you know hearing bands and stuff that they were playing uh you know really right. like sparked my interest for oh, sure cool. you got, and so you guys had like a skate shop in your town yeah and that's it like we it's weird because it's like just like super strange there's like there's lots of cool things in the area but it's like the 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 majority of what's going on is like it might as well be the middle of the country um right as right. far as like it's just relatively like conservative i mean there's both but the majority is like a conservative spot so yeah but luckily we lucked that we're close enough to the bay area that you know there was still some, <laughs> some like cool cool things seeping in from from the influence of of the bay so yeah yeah for sure yeah i'm from a similar like i'm from a, a pretty small town in alabama and so okay. like yeah, when I was in like high school and stuff, it's like we actually got like, like there was like this one dude who's like a few years older than me. So and when I was in high school, he was like a very like he just took it upon himself to like start a little venue that was like the size of a like small apartment. And, yeah. you know, and he and it, like all credit to that guy. He I mean, he really went all out. He booked a ton of like cool bands because we we're it's it was interesting because we we're in this weird spot where like we were in this small town, but we were in like if you were traveling to other big towns, you had to go by us anyway. So he right. would book a bunch of bands who were going to be in that area. Cause we were like maybe two hours from Atlanta, Georgia, you know, three yeah. hours from Nashville. So it's like, yeah. you know, like you could make, like you could get, you could convince people to come. Cause it's like, Hey, yeah. you're going to be in the area anyway. Maybe you need a show or something to stop. Like, you know, this is not that far. So we got totally. a ton of cool bands. But then after that, it was like, after that stopped, we kept trying to do it. And it was sort of like, cool, I guess we're going to have our punk show at like a bar and that yeah. nobody, that nobody at the bar wants to see. Like, yeah. it's just, <laughs> exactly. you know, like, we, we had a, uh, like there was ended up like when I was about 15, um, a record, a guy opened a record store, this guy named Eric and, um, he, he like, he it was an old pawn shop so there was like a back area and so he he started just booking shows like crazy you know and he just really like he blew it up so like for like a year there was so many shows but and the cops would just always try and shut it down and when oh, sure. that stopped it pretty much was just like silence other than yeah the same thing bar bars were the only <laughs> option <laughs> and so right yeah, it's brutal too. Like, cause it was like, yeah, we would 
you know, you'd have friends that come, but it's like the bar is still open to all the like regular people in town. So it's just like a bad, bad vibe, you know, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, for sure. We had like, we had a couple of like cool shows and then like, we kept, like, we started trying to like branch out because it was also like probably similar deal where it was like, like we were playing, but it was also like, it's the same four. like, there's only four bands in town. So we just keep playing shows together (laughs) like once a month, you know? (laughs) And then so we were like, okay, well, let's play at another bar. And then, like, we never got shut down by the cops or anything, like, or that. But, like, it was also, like, we got multiple times just got, I wouldn't say kicked out, but asked not to return to a couple yeah, bars, yeah. like, just being too loud. Yeah, you they're know, like, they're what like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so were you were you playing bass right off the bat? Like, was that just what you picked up? How did that, how did you get into doing that? Um. It, I kind of got forced into having to do it, to be honest. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I I got a drum set when I was in like I think seventh grade or something. I you know I was like twelve or something, and I love drums. But um, my best friend got a drum set too, um, <laughs> and he, <laughs> oh, no. he he couldn't play a guitar. So um, I kind I started playing guitar. Um, and then for for a while I like I kind of was just doing guitar and singing stuff. Um, and then um, I actually, when Mike and I used to play in uh, in a hardcore band together. So um, when that band started, I was originally playing guitar, but we couldn't find anybody to play bass that could really actually like do it the way that we wanted it done, you know. And right. um, it was and. I just don't want to hear someone playing bass poorly. So I like I kind of <laughs> forced into having to do it. And sure. I've always like been like super obsessed with it, you know, like um like bands like the Nerve Agents and the Force and and like I, that was just kind of like I was always super conscious of it, but I just hadn't like and I had a bass, but I just had never like that had never been my instrument. So kind of like, you know, by force, I ended up doing that. And I was like, I don't want to be the bass player. But so it ended up happening. And, you know, I ended up like, just like, that's all I really do now. Um, And so, yeah, it was by force, but I'm, I'm happy about that. I feel like, I wonder, uh, I would love to get your opinion on this. I have, I just assume that everyone from the Bay Area is like a huge Dead Kennedys fan. And like, that may or may not be true, but I feel like most, I feel like a ton of bands that come out of that area are just in general, like West Coast, like they have the very like, I don't know like what to call it, but like the Dead Kennedys, like Clash-esque, like very moving you know, like punk right. but dubby kind of bass lines and stuff. Do you like, is that a thing? Am I making that up? I mean, I like for me personally, like I like Dead Kennedys are great, but like that was never like my, like my thing, you know? Um, but right. definitely like, I mean, I could see like that, like full vibe, like for sure. Cause it's like, everything's not to say that there's not like, and this is like this is coming from me. I live in a, the middle of nowhere, so um, <laughs> someone else might have a, a different opinion. But I kind of have like an outside perspective, 
you know, alongside like being involved, but I still like, I come into the madness, you know, I go down there and it's so, I feel like California is a little less like split up as far as the music goes. It's a little bit more mixed together. Like punks are at the hardcore shows, you know? Right. Um, Right. and, And, and like, it's not, like obviously there's there's niche spots and there's like you know it's just on the like when i when i've toured on the east coast like when we were doing shows it was like straight hardcore kids like only and so right i feel like it kind of there was just it was like very like specific um and you know that might be a little bit like narrow-minded of me but that i just i think that overall california is just like a little bit more mixed together so everything and like there's definitely like i don't know it's like looser i i feel like it's like looser for sure and there's more like mixing of different you know yeah styles and stuff. yeah Yeah. exactly it's it's kind it's like this big cocktail kind of like oh (laughs) yeah i totally feel that like i uh, i've only lived on like I used to live in Alabama and then I've, and I lived in New York. So I, but like this side of the country and like, you know, gone, I I used to go to shows all the time in like Atlanta and in, in Tennessee and stuff. And I definitely, that is one of the things that always got me about like hardcore and stuff is I used to go to a ton of hardcore shows and it's just like, this is cool, but I can only listen to so many bands that sound basically the same for like, you know, a a certain amount of time. And it's like, I got to do something else. Like I can't, but it's funny because like then you try to start mixing up and like different bands will tour together or like you know uh-huh. you'll you'll you know and then it just like it doesn't like I don't know maybe there's just like a bunch of people that only want to listen to one type of music because it was like that seemed to be the most packed shows and it was like I don't know the band uh, that band Terror I know yeah. like always like they like weirdly will tour with metal bands and stuff and they seem to do all right but even then it's still a little weird and people don't know what to do with it right yeah like it's it's like it's heavy and sip but it's like there's just it i mean like i love i love hardcore like i just i always was like kind of uncomfortable at shows because i that's just i wasn't like fully like i don't know i wasn't fully with like the uniform kind of thing so it kind of like it sort of just i was always kind of on that on the outskirts of that yeah yeah for sure yeah i'm i'm kind of the same way like also because i because like i i would never go like i never it because i would go to a bunch of shows but it was always like every show was two hours away so i never like was able to like like be a part of a community anywhere because it's like i'm I'm only going to shows like maybe once a week and i'm driving and it's like i don't have like i can't hang out you know after like you know so it's just like so i'm literally just going to shows to watch and then going back home yeah. in the middle of the night. And it's like hard. And also like, I'm not like a, I'm not like a real aggro dude. So I'm not like trying to get in there and like, you know, like fuck people up or like, yeah. you know, like dance exactly. or anything. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, I drove three hours. I'm going to watch this show from the back. It's a cool show. I love it. And then I'm going to go home. And it's like, you know, it's a, it's a weird vibe. Like, cause everybody else is sort of in this like very tight knit community where they like hang out every day and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I like, I pretty much is like right in line with where my experience, <laughs> I just, <laughs> right. I, like, I, I couldn't really like, 
Yeah, I, I mean, because when we were, I don't actually don't even know how old you are, but um, when I was, oh, younger, I just turned, I just turned thirty four. Cool. So we're this pretty much the same age. I just turned thirty five. So oh, nice. Like the the. I, everybody always calls me grandpa because I call it the internet, but so, like the, <laughs> the internet right. wasn't a, like really a thing. So like you really actually had to hang out with people, you know what I mean? To know what's going on and be friends. So uh, like, I just remember like, like having to go onto like, you know, message boards and things just to even find out what was going on. And Yeah just like not being able to like connect with people. And it just, I remember, I mean, that frust. I remember being really frustrated about that, but in hindsight, I'm happy that I don't live in the, like in the city, but um, right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, I only got into hardcore cause like a friend literally like dragged me to a show. It was like, Hey, I'm going to Birmingham for this show. And I was like, all right. I mean, I don't know what's happening, but we're going to, I'll go. And that's how I got into hardcore because he took me to a, a hardcore show. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, this is amazing. But right. I, I literally, I had no, I, I had no frame of reference except for like old, like classic stuff, like, you know, like Black Flag and like the Sex Pistols and stuff like that. It was like, I didn't know anything about like current hardcore, or what it was or anything. Right. Like and yeah, also I, the I, thing that, the thing that sucks is like, I, what really frustrated me in that situation too would be like, there were so many shows that I never heard about like like promotion wise like like i would find out like weeks after they happened that they were happening i was like wait what the fuck like why is nobody like i feel like a lot of times that happens in like diy punk music scene where it's just like very half-assed promotion it's just like well you already told all your friends so who cares like they all they're all coming it's like well other people want to come like like what the fuck (laughs) yeah it's like yeah super like secluded and yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that's cool. So, I mean, it sounds like you were pretty much just like playing. I mean, uh, have you been playing in bands pretty consistently since then? Just like the whole time, just always playing in bands? Yes. So, I like, um, I mean, I've not, I haven't, yeah, I haven't not been in a, a band since I was like, 13 i think so yeah and like you know so pretty much like always and sometimes multiple groups at the same time um which but i you know like when you're younger you can just fuck off and not do anything so we were just like that's (laughs) that's all literally the only thing we ever did Um, right and so yeah i mean what like when i started touring quite a bit when i was about 20 and then from 20 to 25 26 it was like constant and then um uh we mike and i started playing in creative adult together um and oh right right yeah yeah and we we kind of slowed down just a little bit as far as like not trying to like do six week u.s tours like every other you know couple mm-hmm. months um and so yeah i i opened i opened a few businesses and stuff so i just like things have changed as far as touring goes but yeah i'm definitely still doing too much music for my own <laughs> yeah you know it's interesting when you guys were in brooklyn 
one thing I was like struck by, and this is this is kind of a recurring theme on this podcast where I just tell people how I feel inferior to other bands, but um, like I remember when we played with you guys, I was really struck by like talking to I talked to Mike up front um for a little bit and like finding out that he has like like a real job. And right. I was like, I, like, cause like to me, like spiritual cramp is like a big band. And I was like, I, I noticed that like, they're only touring like once every six months for like a week. They're not yeah. like, uh, you know, they're not like out on the road constantly. And I was like, and like, I'm talking to these guys and they all have jobs. And I was like, this is crazy. Cause to me, I've like, I felt like I was fucking up if I had that kind of life, you know, where it's no like, way, I feel man. like, I, I feel like I'm not doing enough, you know, if I'm like, you know, not a, you know, quote unquote, like professional musician. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I feel that I, yeah, I have that too. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, but it's like, at the same time, it's like, you gotta, you gotta like, you, you gotta take care of yourself. And like, there's sure. not, yeah, really, there's not really room for everybody to be playing like arenas. And if you're not, if you're not doing that or literally, playing a show every single day you know for nine months straight like that's not enough that's not enough money you like to, right. to live and have a house i mean i guess you don't need a house if you're gone like that but i mean <laughs> you know like younger me would be upset with me but i just <laughs> like, it's i think it's fine i mean it's good it's like it's great to have you know a group of friends that like are you know doing okay you know what i mean it's yeah yeah everybody trying to keep their things together i mean you gotta have a balance but um, sure yeah well and the flip side of it is that it was really cool and encouraging of like yeah this band's not on the road all the time and they were still able to like like put out cool music people like it people are talking about it you know i think it's like the, yeah the flip side of that is like they're not doing all that and they're still able to like do these cool things yeah and and still have like you know what a bunch of people would consider like a successful band like you know a bunch of people like the band you tour with cool bands you you know do what you want to do i mean that's as much successful as anything else right that yeah like that's it's it's cool. It's like, it's fun to be able to like, to do cool, you know, play cool shows, you know, enough. It uh, like several times a year, do a couple trips. Um, you know, there's a few of us in the group that would prefer to be gone more often than others, sure. you know, so there's kind of just a constant, uh, you know, it's like, friendly but still you know like I, you guys are tripping i want to leave and then some of us <laughs> kind of like yo like we just need to like play it cool you know so it there's right. always that that like there's still a desire pretty much i think for everybody to just to to be out doing it like more actively maybe than we even are but um yeah i mean that's that's nice of you to say like i, I appreciate that like perspective because sometimes we feel like we're not doing enough at all you know yeah it's it's yeah it's i don't know it's like it's an interesting thing that i've struggled with a lot because it's like no matter what i do i always feel like i'm not doing enough and 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 uh, like there's always like you know success stories of people who are able to like tour full-time or whatever but i mentioned before like i have friends that 
were like quit their jobs and were touring like were able to make like a pretty decent living for like i don't know four or five years just touring but then the minute they stopped that like the second they stopped they they had to get jobs again yeah exactly and and it's and in like on really most level i mean on almost any level it's like impossible to like have any sort of real career i mean it's so hard to make it like not even make it just make it a living doing music it's so difficult now exactly like you can you could stay you could like actually stay alive you know but um, (laughs) yeah like it's it's for 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 me personally like i love doing it but like the travel and um being with other people for like you know like a month at a time you know with absolutely like no it's it's it can wear you down too you know so yeah sure so as far as like it's like i don't know i i just think that like there's aside from the financial part of it there's like other things and just kind of at least with me when I'm gone, I'm kind of, you know, drinking and like doing things that I wouldn't norm eating weird. Cause you're in a gas station in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know? Right. So it kind of just like starts like messing with you a little bit. So, um, sure. yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's, it seems pretty close to impossible to be able to do that for like, just not, you know, actually full time. That <laughs> seems really crazy to me. Right. And there's also I've talked about this uh, with 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 another guest on the show before, but like there's also I saw this interview one time with Ian MacKay, and he was referencing a quote from from um, Chuck Dukowski, the bass player for Black Flag, uh-huh. but it, it was basically saying like I'd rather work a day job than ever have to like depend on music to make to like eat because it was yeah. like because it's like once you do once that's like your only source of income, there's so much pressure yeah. to like produce and to like not just to produce but to sell you like it's like oh if you it's it's not a matter of producing you can produce as much material as you want but if it's not selling then you have no money and and yeah and it kind of might change your motives and your 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 where you come from and it's it kind of like tarnishes it a little bit i think i i yeah i think doing it by you know choice and when when it works for you might garner some that like a, a different a different product than you know a, a different result than if you're like we've got to do this and it has to be great it's right. most likely not gonna be great <laughs> if you if you're doing it from i that's how for me like that sort of weird like head trip kind of can kind of be counterproductive yeah, I think so. I think that I think you know, not to like put myself on a pedestal or anything, but I always feel like I can tell a little bit what the motives are behind things. And it's like you can kind of tell when somebody's like doing it because they have to do it or doing it because it's like it's I don't know. It's just the difference of being able to tell when somebody's genuinely into something right. and like when they're producing something specifically so that it is like a product or right. so that because like oh, this is designed to sell a certain way or to a certain group of people or, or you know, you know that type of thing. You know, you can just sort of, like, sometimes sometimes it's obvious and then you can just tell, like, when certain things are just not genuine. And it, yeah. what even if it's good, even if it's, like, 
well, this is really well produced or it's like, I, I don't know. It's like, even then it's like when you can feel that lack of that lack of like genuine creativity, it takes away from it. Yeah. I've, I, I fully agree. I like, I mean, that's, yeah, I think it's, it seems kind of like crazy to think that you can, that you're just like going to like be like a hundred percent right every time. But it's like, I mean, if, something's contrived and super forced it's just like that's not that's not usually something that i'm like super interested in paying attention to so i assume that nobody you know it's like you assume right. nobody else would be either right um so when you said like from like 20 to 25 you were like touring pretty heavily were these all like hardcore bands yeah um and that's yeah that's okay. pretty much through that whole time that's what we were doing um not much uh <laughs> success or traction but we were definitely like very <laughs> yeah. active um yeah right as far as shows go nice and that um i'm just curious like what uh like were you guys touring internationally like wh- was it just hardcore shows hardcore is such a weird funny thing because it's like i feel like every hardcore band i know but like regardless of their level of success all like there's like we're going to japan i'm like how are you able to do this i have no idea what's happening right um we pretty much it was just us um Mm -hmm. but we did do one um european tour um with the band from boston um the carrier um and oh yeah that that was like that was one of the probably the most fun times i've ever had in my life that was so cool um i personally haven't been back to europe since that but um yeah and then i mean so technically international but for for, you're predominantly um just u.s stuff um and then creative adult uh did a european tour as well as an australian tour um and that was awesome too i i didn't get to do the european one i had to stay home and work but um, (laughs) that happens yeah so yeah and so i stayed pretty busy like throughout that that time um and and then when we did get some some downtime i um and started kind of slowing down i opened up a a cafe and that's kind of like and then i I have a couple farms that i run too so it's kind of like started to dictate my availability a little bit um right you went from you went from creative adult to successful adult right Uh, yeah (laughs) Um, and you know it's it's always a bummer when you don't get to like go on a trip and your buddies are all going but um you know for sure everything everything kind of works out with with spiritual cramp it's a little like i i pretty much write all the music um so they've actually done a tour without me and maybe two um (laughs) but it's you know they're like dude i don't know it's kind of weird like we're out here doing this and you're not here you know because it's it's like and i understand that so um but i'm trying to make myself (laughs) available for that a little bit more. (laughs) we're actually we're making all these plans just like everybody else in the world and then everything got (laughs) shut down so i don't have any idea if 
you know, Phoenix, Arizona might be the last show I ever played. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's actually something I wanted to ask you about. Cause I, I read in an interview with you that you write all the music for spiritual cramp for the most part. And I, uh, that's something I'm very interested in Not knowing that you play guitar. I mean, it makes a bit of sense, but do you write like, I'm interested in bassist who write songs. Do you write like on bass? How do you like, what's your writing process? Like if you're writing a song, um, to be honest, um, so I usually, I'm, cause I'm usually by myself. So I'm usually just tracking, like I'll just demo things out. And, um, oh, okay. once like once in a while, I'll, I'll start with guitar or bass, but generally it will be drums first, no matter what. I just, interesting. Okay. I start with the drums. Um, and, and then from there, um, it depends. It kind of depends. I'll go back and forth. It it, it sort of depends, like stylistically, um, like kind of if I'm if I'm doing something that's a little bit more aggressive, it's always guitar first. Um, and right. then if it's something that's a little more laid back, I'll usually like hit bass first. Um, you know what I mean? It just kind of depends on what I want to be like the the lead, um, like the focal point of of the song or whatever. So right, right, yeah. I, I'm curious, like when you're when you're like demoing out tracks or or writing or whatever, because you're doing it by yourself, and that's such an interesting dynamic to have, especially for like kind of like a loud like punk band. Are you? Like I don't know, I, I don't know. Like this may be too. This may be a too too atmospheric of a question, but it's like, are you hearing a song in your head and then you just go into a room and try to try to get it like onto a computer, or is it, or are you just like, oh, this drum beat is cool. I'm gonna lay this down and then I'll just kind of fuck around with guitar and bass until I make something that sounds cool. Right. Um. Like I definitely don't do the same thing every single time, you know. Um, sure. However, but like I hear you, like I so sometimes, like I if I if like I have something in my head, like you, like I'll usually just like pull out, you know, I'll pull out the phone, hum, like hum the basic like rhythm or melody, um, and then and then when I get, I'm actually like back somewhere where I can like put it, you know like record it then I'll, yeah then i'll like kind of figure it out and go from there um and just structure right. it um so a little bit of both but i i kind of like i love i love songs that are just like super like simple and not like just totally like chaotic um <laughs> like i i just don't that's kind of like what i try to do is strip things down so um i i do think that like there's something to be obviously like a super talented musician would be able to sit there and write a whole song like on guitar like and just my and just you know and structure it that way um right I, I, and, and I mean, I guess that's how I used to do things when I was younger because I didn't even have a computer, but now like <laughs> I, I, I've become kind of like a visual like person in a way. And so, um, I, I kind of like, like the, the, the organization of being able to, um, structure things 
because I'm by myself, so I don't have anybody else to like help me keep you know keep track of the order. So I prefer to be able to see to see it also. So either right. I'm writing it down or or needing that reference to kind of um, so I can stay so I can stay focused on on what's actually happening. Because <laughs> I'm kind of like I'll I'll sort of just lose my focus and veer off sometimes if I if I don't have that access to being able to actually like not grid it out because I like even if I'm going to be doing like drums like I, I I don't like use like presets I'll try and actually play you know actually play the drums um right or you know so I'm not so I'm I'm like the drums are dictating the rhythm though, regardless of, of whether they come first or second. So that's kind of just like, that's kind of where I, where I like to start usually is just straight, just, I will have it in my head. Like I'm like playing the drums and hearing the guitar at the same time, you know, like I'm hearing the guitar line. So I'm just playing the drums, like humming it in my head and then I'll go back and throw that down. So, right. I don't know. Does that make sense? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting, what's, what's interesting is like knowing that you write a lot of music for spiritual cramp. Like, I don't know. I feel like it. it's interesting because the, there's so many different types of song that spiritual cramp right. does. Like I, I was uh like, I, I can't remember. I'm trying to, I, I don't remember the first song I heard, but I remember like hearing, it might have even just been spiritual cramp the song but uh-huh. like going from that to like the erasure it's like yeah. I, like this is like a, such a uh, an interesting like dip like not dip but like an interesting like juxtaposition and like types of songs and so like there's like fast punk songs and then there's like these like dubby you know like songs and and i don't know it's it's interesting that that that's all coming out at the same time yeah i mean like i I still like I very much like especially like if you're if you're on stage like when you're playing like playing live it's it's so fun and sometimes I think it can get used as a security blanket but I I still think that it's so fun to play stuff that's fast and s- semi aggressive um mm-hmm. but I just like when we started this project I th- I really like wanted to emphasize the like dubby stuff um, and like just kind of like a little bit like more like proto like art kind of punk stuff. Like I, I kind of really wanted to like infuse that. So like, yeah, it's, I feel like sometimes we hit that like, you know, pretty close and then, and then sometimes maybe, um, you know, it it's a little bit more straightforward than I like to, it might appear more straightforward to everybody than like, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, the way I'm thinking about it. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, it's definitely like all over the place. Um, (laughs) I think that's good though. I like, I, I like, like I said, like I was saying earlier, it's like, I like variation because it's like, I can only listen to the same song or the same type of band. So, so much before it's like, all right, I've heard it like I, you know, uh, these are all cool, but it's like, you know, that's, that's why I've always been like sort of drawn to bands like Fugazi or whatever, where it's like, 
you know, I I like hearing different stuff and and different types of yeah. like experimentation and stuff like that. Totally. Um, yeah, I I've I've been in too many bands where we were like just like doing the same, you know, just like the same thing like where you go and record a record and it's like you don't even change the setup on of the microphones or the amps or anything because you don't need to it's the same song <laughs> right 20 different you know times pretty much and that's just right. kind of that's cool and there's a place for it but i think that it's more enjoyable the actual process even is more enjoyable for for me at least in, in doing things that are strange and like trying to pull influences from from spot you know just not in not intentionally being weird but like not like saying okay well that's what i would do obviously but what if i you know what if i try and do this instead right yeah i also think there's a part of it where it's like it's a little bit of like dropping the i just recently got into the band idols and okay. I kind of avoided them for a really long time. And then it was just like, I think there's a little bit of like, but I, I was thinking about them because I was thinking about this idea of like, I think there's also a little bit of like, just finally kind of dropping the like hardcore guy pose and being like, I'm a like a full human being. And I like other stuff other than like just these hardcore bands from 2004 to 2010. Right. And like, you're allowed to like, like other types of music. Yeah. And, and 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 bring that into your band without it being like weird or like a sellout or something like you're allowed to like like other types of music yep and there's no <laughs> there's no fucking rules and nobody can tell you you know what i mean it's like eh, don't fucking listen to it if you don't like it i don't know <laughs> <laughs> right um yeah it and it's like it's more i mean it's kind of just like naturally i feel like when you like you age a little bit and your perspective changes because i used to i mean i used to completely feel the exact opposite of this you know what i mean (laughs) no fuck that this shit only this hard shit only (laughs) yeah yeah um and and that just doesn't that doesn't you know there's a place for it i just think that it's like if I'm, you know, if I turn 40 years old and I'm driving around like blaring terror, you know, like, out of, you know, like <laughs> right. I, I just, and it, it's like, if that's cool, but it's like, it's not like, that's just not how at the, you know, that's not, that's not, I'm not that mad. You know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> I'm not that mad right now. <laughs> yeah. I remember I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the band Me Without You. And okay. they like they put out a bunch of like really cool like post hardcore like you know like heavy or screamy whatever you want to call it kind of records and then they put out like kind of a light like acousticy album yeah and everybody was like what the fuck and the singer was just like I'm 35 like I can't keep yelling all the time like I can, like yeah. you know I don't want to be 40 years old on stage just screaming constantly yep uh, like I'm not in that place anymore exactly and and that's kind of like been my like and been at least like taking that into consideration like because it's like if you start doing something and you're like you want to take it seriously and you want to have the at least have the option to do it for a long time um you know for a decade or something you know that means you're gonna be 45 you know 45 50 years old doing something and it's like 
it it's okay to like kind of you know do things that'll still be you know fun and enjoyable and um you know be, be physically possible when you're that age you know <laughs> right yeah <laughs> um and so like that i mean that doesn't definitely doesn't like dictate my my decisions but i think about that sometimes i'm like you know like this would be cool like i i could like handle doing this i'll be like a little like an older person and I, I would still be able to like rock this and not be like embarrassed with myself <laughs> right right i i'm curious from like because you were you were mentioning earlier that like you're saying that like you didn't want to listen to people play bass badly and it's like something that you're you know you're interested in the role of of bass and I, i'm curious right. like do you do you have like a like from a bass perspective do you have like uh, you know because like when you're like when you're playing in hardcore bands uh, and even up until now with spiritual cramp do you sort of like have a conscious approach to like the bass in a punk setting because i think one of the things i love about spiritual cramp is because like for so many punk bands, it is sort of just like, cool, the bass player is going to play whatever the guitar is playing, just lower yeah. <laughs> so that it's like fat and, and you know, chunky. But right. with Spiritual Cramp, there is, uh, you were you were saying like wanting to bring more of like that proto-punk or, or stuff like into it. And there is a lot of that, like, even on the simpler songs, like the bass is moving, it's doing a lot more melodic stuff. Like, is that a conscious thing for you? Or like, are you you have like a specific approach to bass for for your like punk and, and hardcore music i yeah i mean for sure like i um i think that bass should only be played down picking you know <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if you're playing a punk song you need to be down down strokes um sure but like obvious i mean i'm i just i like like i think that uh if you're playing like punk music like i used to like seriously be so un annoyed and like almost like like would get upset if someone like a bass player is just like doing too many fills you know um <laughs> that just like would drive me crazy um because i also think there's something to be said for just holding it down like and and make and like you know like picking properly and like having the right velocity but not trying to like grab the spotlight every time you can you know what i mean just because your fingers can do that doesn't mean that it sounds right um yeah and so i i definitely prefer more stripped down um less like noodly bass stuff that being said like I know that like in this project I've I've like started to like do that a bit more and there's even parts where I'm like I think this sounds good so I'm going to do it but it makes me uncomfortable like it's like hard for me to do it <laughs> because I like just based just on principle I'm like this is too this is a little too noodly like it shouldn't be like this but it kind of fits at the same time so I've like tried to like be a little less harsh in that um and not like be too like too reserved also you know right uh, right and so like if if you're in a but if it's like i think it should be like a p bass like 
played out of like an Ampeg 810, no small amps, um, <laughs> like, like loud. And if it's a punk band, the, the, you know, like it needs to be like a little bit gamey and, a, you know, a little like have some higher mids in there and just be like played like very well, fast and like um, assertive, you know. Um, right. Like I, me, like, I, like, see, I don't want to like, I don't want to, for me, like, I don't, I, I'm like, it's got to be played with the pick um you know there's like that's kind of like my you know i used to like straight up be against having even a tuner plugged into my like no tuner (laughs) straight to the amp no pedals not ever i actually wanted a bass so badly that didn't have any knobs on it so it was just like you plug it in and (laughs) so i'm I, i swear i so we were leaving on tour and i and i was like dude i i want an all black p bass like um with with no knobs and just like one pickup like just like super stripped down um like no branding on it at all and a few days later when we got to salt lake city um we and at the time i had this ernie ball music band that someone lent me because it was right when i started playing bass um, right. in, in the band. And, um, so I, and it was a really nice bass, <clears throat> really, really nice. Um, and so we pulled up to the show and the, one of the bands that we were playing with was sound checking and he had the, ba- like he had that bass that I was talking about. It was <laughs> this shitty black P bass with no knobs. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck? I was like, dude, like, how can I get that from you? Will you trade me? And he's like, well, what do you have? And I have this, like, <laughs> expensive this, like, borrowed. Music man, yeah, like. Yeah, and it was borrowed. It wasn't mine. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, are you, you'll trade me? And straight across, he's like, fuck yeah. And I was just like, yes, dude. So I. I like in that was that was like oh I had thought about that and had it in my possession like within like a week to ten days you know what I mean um, right, right. So I had that base forever for the remainder of of that band and then into Creative Adult even like I and I mean I still have it but um yeah I like so that that was always my mentality like completely last place straightforward like just like super fast speaking like I. Like Hunter Bergen, like who plays in AFI, like his right o- his older band um, that he was doing before he was in AFI is called The Force. Um, and oh like, yeah, yeah, I know The Force. Yeah, yeah, dude, like his his bass playing in that uh, project, like is like that's like that and like Dante from nerve agents. Like if, if it's a, if it's punk music, the bass needs to be played that way and sound that way. Like that's yeah, just like where, where I stand. But then, you know, I start doing this other like spiritual cramp stuff and I'm like, I'm like, well, I could actually like, I could turn the mids down. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> I'm like, there's like, I'm actually like, trying to figure out how to make like 
myself a little less audible and smoother and less like uh you know gritty like where before and and like i'm interested in it sounding smooth you know like where that was never even that was not an option um right really until like about three or four years ago to be honest yeah you know what's funny too is like the i i would say like most people's conception of like the like smooth dubby bass and punk music their frame of reference is usually the clash and like that's all paul simonon was doing is like playing a p bass through a fucking svt like tube amp like that's all he was doing um it's it's funny you mentioned that too because like i do you know the band gouge away i do yep yeah, I, I just uh actually the first episode of this podcast is uh with Tyler from Gougeway and I we played a show with them as well and we were talking I was talking to him and I was like I'm such a like bass like gear nerd and I've gone through just over like maybe fifteen years, I've gone through so many fucking amps and basses. I'm just <laughs> constantly like, Oh, I gotta try this new thing and I gotta try this other thing and like like 15 years later it always just it always just keeps coming back to like i try it it sounds cool and then like six months later i'm like i gotta just play the p bass through the tube amp again like that's just but that's it that's the whole that's the whole show it's just like the p bass through the tube amp dude i i actually i uh i i have the svt 350 but it's solid state and i i have i have a, a, a tube um ampeg head also but they're so heavy like they're oh my God, yeah. they're so heavy and um i actually think that the solid state ones sound better but like i love i mean it had the functionality of it also like there's a space in the back you can put all your stuff like i <laughs> um, <laughs> right. like, like like bud light mardi gras beads from like eight years ago like <laughs> my aunt broke and i had to like try and dig through it and like and i'm like whoa what the fuck and there's just like like this weird like there's all, like a toothbrush in there um <laughs> and <laughs> uh and so that broke and and i was like no i had got it repaired like three or four times um and then I just was like, I got to get a new one. So, but they don't make those anymore. So right. that I know of. And so I found another used one um, and got that. And then I gave that, I gifted that one to my buddy and he got it like rolling again. So now there's two, we got two, two of those, but um, nice. yeah, because the, the other ones are so heavy. Like, especially if they're in a case, you, you can't move them by yourself. They're like, <laughs> right so heavy so yeah i'm a i'm a a p base svt 350 solid state 810 nice that's pretty much and i know that that's kind of like low budget but that's just that's like my preference you know yeah no it sounds it sounds sick and dude speaking of heavy amps i had for like two years i found like my dream amp which was that i got like an old 1970s ampeg v4 which is technically a guitar amp but they had that it had enough functionality to play bass through like you can definitely just play bass through it yeah so i got one of those and i mean that thing weighs no joke with like 95 pounds yeah it's ridiculous (laughs) i i tour like 
after like two years, I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is like, this is hurting. Like I and can't, they, I can't keep up with this anymore. And, and they're like finicky too, because the tubes. And so like, even if you're not doing any damage, it constantly sounds like it's about to break in the van. Cause it's just like, the, <laughs> you know? yeah, you um, just hear the tubes rattling. Does, does that ampig that your tube ampig does that have a um, reverb like a reverb on it yeah it had a full like a full reverb tank on it yeah I, I have that same amp um also and it sounds they sound so good like if you're recording and stuff like those i think those make sense but moving them in and out i mean if you had like a like a crew and like a trip you know a trailer and like nice road cases it'd be like yeah bring right. them all Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Um I it's get, funny you mentioned oh go ahead. I got this like little at this flea market, I got the first bass combo um that Vox ever made. Um it has oh, it's wow. like roll, it's all, has it's a combo, it's a fifteen, I think, and then it has um it might even be a ten, and then it um it it's like has a like a metal handle on it and you can roll it. It's like the size of like a a, a bigger suitcase you know like a bag you would check like right but dude it sounds so cool it's it's awesome so like i have a bunch of other amps that i'll use like for recording and and just like at home to mess around but yeah the 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 lightweight svt solid state is just like it's a life saver it changes everything yeah the the small amp thing is so interesting because i remember one of the best like recorded bass tones that I always use as like a frame of reference is um the Saves the Day album uh Sound the Alarm because uh-huh. there there's Manny from Glassjaw plays bass on that record right. and I I actually think I talked to to Tyler from Gadgeway about this but like I was a like when that album came out I was obsessed I was like this is the best sounding bass I've ever heard I like and I started trying to find like if he had mentioned anywhere like how he recorded. And it was nowhere. And I finally like spent like months of like looking around to see if anybody knew what the recording process was. And I found like someone had linked like there was like an old I think had been taken down like post from Manny on his like personal MySpace from yeah. like 2005 <laughs> or six. And like and he recorded based through like this little 100 watt Ampeg combo that like the Ampeg like B100R yeah. that's like this like vintagey it's it's supposed to look vintage it's uh, like the stripe that kind of has like gray and dark gray stripes on it kind of yeah 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 exactly yeah, yeah. And, and i was like i can't believe that like like and it was just like yeah like it doesn't like you obviously can't play live with it but if you put a microphone in front of it it sounds fucking killer yeah I yeah, it's just like I mean, small amps sound. I think small amps sound better, but they just like there's something like about like when you're playing live, like with the fridge. It's just like you're like you can turn around and face it and like feel you know feel some force kind of, and it's like almost like I don't know like it doesn't matter if you're if you're being mic'd up you know it's like it really doesn't make a difference i guess but like and visually like it looks nice it kind of like evens out the stage setup i feel like better than like just like super tiny little boxes but yeah um, well and it's super important to have like for i found like having speakers at your like ear level yeah like because 
I've the couple times I've played with like smaller amps on stage on like a like a nice size stage, I, I was like, no big deal. It's still a fucking loud ass amp. Like I'll be fine. And then there's so like I still don't totally understand it, but like there's just like this weird thing that happens when you're on a stage, and it's like everybody starts playing. You're like, I can't hear anything. I don't. I like mm-hmm. I can't hear it, like what's happening three feet behind me. This is the yeah. like the most bizarre thing in the world. Yeah. Um, and so like having those speakers at your ear level. Mike Watt, I remember talking about that. Like he he stopped playing an eight by ten, but he would use two two by tens stacked vertically. So it's uh-huh. it's four speakers, but it's still all the way up as like the as tall as an eight by ten. Yeah. And would be like, you gotta have the speaker by your ear in order to hear what's going on. Right. And you can like feel the force of it like kind of hitting you in your like chest too, kinda. Um Yeah. That honestly I was gonna say that is like I mean, honestly, if I'm like being totally honest, that's probably one of the reasons I I still play bass because I love that feeling so much of like a huge bass amp. Like you can just feel it when you're playing. Yeah, it's great. That's like the that's like it's no fun. Like if that's like certain people will be like, it doesn't matter, you know. That's and it's like you're then you're like you're missing the point (laughs) because like I like when you're on stage and they make you turn down, you know, like, and this is like, I mean, I know this is just kind of like someone who's used to being playing small shows where there's only a vocal PA, like your, your amps like maxed out and it's like hitting you in the back while you're playing. And then you get on stage and you have to turn so far down. And it's like, it's, you're then you're dependent on the monitors and i feel like that's kind of like what you were talking about it's just like there's no you can't even if you can hear it you can't feel it and so it it makes no sense it's like someone playing drums on like a like a like a practice pad kit or something with them triggered like there's no like responsive like you're not getting to like play with yourself and be responsive to yourself in the right yeah, that was a huge, a huge problem for me. The first time, like, my band started playing, like, decent shows and, like, playing on big stages with PAs. And I was like, I, I hate this. Like, this is, yeah. like, I, I've gotten I in, not, it. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten in, I wouldn't say I've gotten in fights with sound guys before, but I have, like, for sure pissed a bunch of them off because it would just be constantly like, can you turn down? And I was like, honestly, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah. It it doesn't even sound good anymore. I don't even know what you're miking because it's not going to sound good. Like <laughs> I, I've gotten in so many like just beefs with sound guys. It just con like, I mean, I uh, I used to tour with this like uh, this 300 watt tube amp, like uh, this Fender uh, Basement 300. Yeah, and dude, I awesome. like. Oh, it, it was a lifesaver for me because like when I was using the 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 Ampeg it was so great because you could just crank it and it just gets like so distorted and it sounds so cool. But I was playing in like a surf rock band and I needed a little, like I needed a little like articulation on the bottom end. And so I found this, I found this fender where it was like, it has two channels. It has a distortion channel and a clean channel and you can blend them together. So it's like you get the tube grind, but you still keep some of the, like the clean bottom end signal. So you get a little articulation and then like, I started going on tour and we were playing like not, I mean, not huge shows, but like, I mean, decent enough shows where there's like a PA and like for everything yeah. and stuff like that. And it was just like every, I mean, literally every venue be like, you got to turn down. I was like, D- I, it's on like three right now. 
and you right. wanted me to turn down to like one and I don't know what I'm going to do. Cause like I'm yeah. losing everything. Yeah. I know. It's just like, no, nah, how about you just figure it out? <laughs> <laughs> right. Turn it down it's funny. House, yeah. It's funny that you mentioned the downstroke thing too. Cause I feel like that's something that enough, uh, not enough people talk about. Cause I used to do that. Cause I play, I played, I would play in punk bands and then I played in this uh, like surf rock band, which is, I was playing a ton of notes. Uh, it's like yeah. constant moving stuff, but I would always do straight downstrokes and I, multiple people would be like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you playing so many downstrokes? And I was like, it just sounds better. I don't know. Like, yeah. like the, up, like you, like the upstroke sucks. Like you, you're losing part of the note. Like I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm guitar too. Like then, then it's actually not the same. Like that's not like if, if, I've actually like had someone who I like truly love as a friend, like who just straight up could not play all guitar, all downstrokes. And I'm like, yeah, it's not going to work out. Like, <laughs> like it's not the same. It's, it's just not the same. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't sound the same or look the same. And like visually, like if you know what I mean? Like, so it, it it's just kind of like, it's gotta be that way it just makes it way more precise and like i don't know that's just... it's more it's no absolutely it's more articulate there's more yeah. of like a like a there's just more attack on it there's more of like yeah. a thud and an attack when you hit it down and like yeah. i yeah i like so much of the the way i play bass and like my technique is like it's 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 a weird it's like a percussive thing it's like i play a lot of my notes on the like yeah. if if i can play it on like you know, on the, on the A string, I might play it on the E string just further up. Cause it's like, well, this is a heavier string. And so it sounds thicker, Yeah, you know, so right. much of the, yeah. so much of the choices I make is like, it's about, it's about like the percussive or like sort of the intangible quality of the note. It's not just about picking the right note. It's like, there's, yeah. there's just different qualities to different things. And it's like, so much of what I do is based on that. Like what I think sounds cooler. Yeah. And just like the like the slight milliseconds like between like like sliding and still down picking like and like getting there doing it all on the E rather than just like being lazy and going up and down and holding your hand at the end of the neck. Like right. it's just it it's like not aggressive and so it doesn't it doesn't take the amount of energy that it that it takes to do the other thing. So there's way less urgency when you know it it just doesn't sound urgent it's too relaxed it's not like slam it's not slamming and like punching so yeah i feel yeah. like that's pretty much exactly how i feel dude this is so cool to hear somebody say that because i feel like i've been going crazy for like 15 years because like I, like i've been trying to like tell people that where it's like you know so much of like i've never taken formal bass lessons i probably should at some point like learn some more theory stuff but like so much of it is like I, I picked up a, this like base theory book and like the first thing was about like economy of motion and like keeping your hand in the same position. And I was like, it's not like, I mean, it's, you know, it's almost like treating the base, like a base is a, like a percussive, like physical instrument. And it's, yeah. it's not just about like playing the right notes in the right order. Like there's right. so much, like there's so much wiggle room and so much like, physicalness to even playing an electric bass that i think people yeah. don't like take up take enough pay enough attention to yeah and, and like the velocity like that changes the whole like 
that'll change the whole song just the velocity of like that you're playing so and and so it's just kind of like i don't i get i'm not into like doing like relaxed lazy bass playing i it's got in like like grooving you know what i mean like that's cool (laughs) right it's not like it needs to be like like slamming and you need to like be really really exhausted and tired when you're done doing it like (laughs) and your arm to hurt like that's just or else you know what i mean like i i i play till i can't hold a pick because my hand you know what i mean like my hands cramped up and i can't you know that's just (laughs) right and that's that's what i like that's that's what i like to see too is someone just like actually being energetic like i'm i'm i know that that's super close-minded and but that's just that's what i'm into that's what i'm interested in putting out there that's what inspired me to even you know stick with it so right well and i think that like you know i opened the show talking about like how like energetic spiritual cramp is in the band but what i think when I was watching guys live, like not on a video, but actually like when we played together, getting to see you live, the thing that struck me the most, and I've only, I felt this way maybe like a handful of times, but like everything about your show is very physical and it, and it, that energy comes through to the audience, even the way that like the show started where it was like, when you guys start your sets, it's not like a get up and like, Hey, we're spiritual cramp, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you guys got on stage, there was a four count and you guys launched into the song spiritual cramp. And that song just starts on 10. And it was like, it was like, it went from mulling around between bands to like Max is throwing a tambourine on the ground. You guys are just like, and there was just like, it's loud. And it's, it's so like everything about like the tones all works to where it's just like this full force effect from zero to from zero to 10, all just right at you all of a sudden. And I think, hearing you talk about like your approach to bass is interesting. Cause it's like, that's what the whole band was doing. Like that is, <laughs> that's like an intangible, that's sort of like, it's not, it's not really based on anything in like music theory, but it's like, that's that intangible quality that like a band can put forth. That is, is not just about the type of music or the theory or how good you are at your instrument, but it's like, there's this intangible quality that really attracts people to the band. Right. Yeah. I mean that, like we definitely like, like that's something that's like that's not really like to like there's no debate like it's all downstrokes and let like if it's like for everybody (laughs) um like all guitars um and then you know what i mean and then like we like when you're playing live you can be a little bit like a looser but like that's definitely like that that's the only kind of like guiding like like rule for four of that band really like as far as like technical like i'm not i i can barely play like open chords on a on a an acoustic guitar you know what i mean like i can like shred <laughs> power chords like and like uh, like nobody's business and but i just like i there's no real theory behind anything we're doing and so it's just like it just needs to be precise downstrokes <laughs> like right you know, unless there's, you know, obviously like there's certain spots where that's less necessary on like some of the dubbier stuff, but if it's right. a, if it's a punk song, that's what's happening. Yeah. It's got, and it's, it's, it's just that difference of like, 
I don't know. It's that difference of like, you know, this is like, it, it feels a certain way versus it sounds a certain way. And it's just like, yeah. it could, you know, you can do a lot of stuff, but it's like, this is how we play. And uh, like the energy is there no matter what you're playing. So it's like, it, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know what to call it. Like the vibe seems like the wrong word, but it is just like this, like sort of intangible quality of like, the energy is not coming from just people jumping around on stage. Anybody can do that, but it's right. like, but it's like we're putting forth this like statement as a band of like this is what we're doing, and I think it comes across in a in a in a in a way that is really exciting. Like I said, there's been only been a handful of bands I felt that way about. Like, um, I saw this band Destruction Unit, um, and that band was super cool to me because I felt it was a similar thing of like you know, the, they play insanely loud and it was like, they don't talk on stage and they just got on and it was just like, you know, I've seen loud bands before that don't have that kind of effect. The other band that really struck me that way was I saw the reunion for Drive Like Jehu. Um, okay. And that was like, that was a band I was obsessed with, but only after, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't even like listening to music when they were around. <laughs> like, so right. I like was obsessed with their record and I was just like, this is like, Yank Crime is like one of my all time, probably top five favorite records of all time. I was like, this is what I want a band to sound like. And then they finally reunited after I moved to Brooklyn and they played in Brooklyn. And I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. And they came on stage and was just like immediately, not only were they loud, but it was just like that type of thing. Like I said, it's like, it just hits you right in the chest. It's like, they started and I was like, we're doing like, this is like an event now. It's not, I'm not just watching a band. Like we're having a moment. This is an event. Right. (laughs) And yeah, like that's like those dudes are like some of them are in Hot Snakes, I think too, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that for sure. Like that they yeah they're they got the they're they got the juice for sure. That's <laughs> like yeah, yeah. And well, and like what I love is that like like I said like it's that intangible quality of like I don't want to just go watch a band. Like, even if I'm not actively involved in the show, like I was saying, like, I don't like hardcore dance or like whatever. I don't really like get up there. But it's like, to me, what's fun about music is not the technical aspects of it. It's like the reason a band exists is because like, you know, if you think back to like the origins of music as like a species, it's like it's a form of communication. And it's like the whole point of doing this is so that we're having a thing right now. And that's why I don't like I don't like bands that use backing tracks. I don't like bands that like. I'm not. I I try not to cast judgment on anyone, but it's like it's just not my thing, because like right. I'm I'm not I'm not here to watch a theater performance. I'm here to like have a moment with this band. This is like for this thirty minutes or forty five minutes or whatever it's going to be. The whole point of this, what we're doing right now is so that we can have this sort of like connection for thirty minutes. I'm not here to watch a movie, you know. Right. Yeah. And so that's like right. that's what I love about music. Yeah, and just like to being in the moment. I mean, I think, I think, I think it can be done tastefully, but like, still, I still try to even like if if that kind of thing is like happening, like it needs to be. You still need to have like in, like some sort of intensity. Like, I don't know, like to not like be reliant on on an electronic uh you know like a track to to be controlling the velocity like you still just have to be in in the moment and really like be be present fully 
Yeah. That, I have such a hard time playing with click tracks for that reason. Cause I'm just like, it just takes me out of it. It's just like, ugh, this is like, I don't know. It's like, if we want to play the song a little faster, let's just play it a little faster. It's like, right. if you're feeling it, like if you're feeling it, just go for it. I played drums in another, in a, in a, in another project. Well, I did play drums. So we now are, I'm now playing bass <laughs> because of this exact thing. But, um, so we're not, there is no drummer, but I, when I was doing drums, I was having to play to a click track and yeah, like, Maybe if someone's so good that they can literally, their timing is just impeccable that they can, they can remain disconnected and have like some sort of escape with music while they're being like told exactly where they need to be, like right at that exact moment. But for me, it made me stay in the moment and, and, and stay conscious. And I never could disconnect when there's a click track going on. Like I'm, I'm just like, it's only technical and it, it, for me, it took the feeling out of it and entirely. Um, right. There's just like no, no room to let something breathe and, and just to naturally like, it's like the tempo fluctuating is not like that makes something better. Usually it's like it, because it's, it, it's more real to me. Like, it's not, that's the thing. Like I try not to be too harsh, like about that because that it's like electronic music is so awesome. And like, I'm, I, I appreciate it and love it, but it's like, um, I personally haven't been able to get the same release out of, out of that, that setup and, and doing something in that way. Um, right. It just in you know like when compared to like slamming something out um with you know a few other people and it's just all just based on like like what the other person's doing and right. you know kind of like really going back and forth oh yeah i mean i tell people all the time like i pro- i would there's a hundred percent certainty i would not be where i'm at like i would not have been the person i am and I would not have ever gotten into punk music if so when I was in like seventh grade, my dad gave me a Ramon CD. But I, I don't think he knew the difference, but he gave me a live Ramon CD. And that was the first like punk album I ever heard. If I had heard the recorded stuff, I don't think I would have been into it. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like like yep. if I had heard if I'd heard the recorded Ramones album first, I probably would have been like, okay, whatever. But I heard the live album first and I was like this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Like, yeah. this is what I want to go towards. Like, this is what I like. Yeah, just slamming. <laughs> um, yeah. Dude, this has been so fun. This is probably a good spot we can wrap up. Um, uh, I usually sure. ask everyone... <laughs> yeah, I, I usually ask everyone uh, one, one question to end. We kind of already talked about it a little bit during this episode, okay. but I'm just curious, like, if if you've got advice for anyone for like a bass player or just like anybody that wants to live. One of the things I mentioned is just like how to, how to like live a creative life, you know? And I think you're an interesting case. We kind of touched on it. It was like, you've got like businesses, like you've got a, like a full outside music life going on. But you're also able to do like a cool, successful creative band. So I'm like, do you have advice for people? Cause it is so hard to make it and like so hard to do music. Do you have advice for people that want to like have that sort of like creative life? 
Um, I mean, I suppose so. I'm still just constantly like confused, um, in general, you know, with, with everything. And, but, <laughs> um, I'd say, I'd say that everybody just needs to be, have a sense of urgency and, but, and, you know, not overthink things, but I think you also need to just be patient. Um, and there's no rules. It doesn't matter. I, you know, it's when you're, I feel like I used to be there, like the time used to just be such this like thing that stressed me out and I wanted to do something by a certain age and I wanted to be this and be that like by, you know, and have these achievements by a certain age. And that's, I just think that that kind of causes you to, uh, you know, not appreciate the process of just making things, you know, and creating it. You're just kind of like always trying to like do something else. You're just planning what's next instead of just like enjoying the time that you have and just, you know, just trying to do something that's actually that you consider good and you think is enjoyable. Um, but you have to take care of yourself before, you know, any of those other things are going to work out. It doesn't, you know, you, you've got to stay, you know, like healthy is kind of just, I don't know, a little bit general, but I, I think for me, when I started focusing on myself and actually taking time for myself to make sure that I was mentally healthy or healthier, um, and, and physically healthier, um, things kind of started working a lot better than when I was trying to force, force things and just like relentlessly, like push everything as, as fast as I could. Um, when I started taking time, things got, you know, for me personally, things got so much better, uh, musically and and just in my life you know um yeah i mean i think that's a i think that's a beautiful answer i think that's super it's like i don't know i think that's super helpful advice it's also very practical very like something you can you know i, I think that's something up maybe i mean definitely myself but like a lot of people probably need to hear uh you know uh in order to like kind of uh, make make things whole for themselves right yeah just I think like not it's paying attention to your own timeline because there's no reason to compare. I mean, this kind of sounds cheesy, but like you don't need to compare yourself to other people. Like there's no, there's absolutely no reason to do that. It It's, it almost always is just going to like lead to some sort of like <laughs> negative feeling. You know? It's <laughs> right, kind of right. like, because no one is the best at anything. No one is like, you know, the richest person and the happiest person. You know what I mean? So it's like, eh, right. I just like want to do what I'm like, what makes, what makes me happy. I mean, I know that that sounds, that's, it's, that sounds simple, but it's not that simple. But as long as I feel like you focus on that, um, it kind of keeps your head out of the, the, out of the dark spaces um yeah no i agree with that totally and i think like 
the 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 advice of like you need to like kind of like not fo- I mean focus on yourself is a good way to put it but it's like you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. Um I think that's super good advice that I think a lot of people probably in like punk and hardcore scenes need to hear and also probably a lot of dudes need to hear <laughs> like yeah. you know of like it's okay to like yeah like uh you know uh, without even getting to spe- specifics of like you know go to therapy or whatever it's just like but like make sure that you're doing okay yeah. and then you can kind of focus on your creative stuff like you yeah. know you can you know make take care of yourself and then you can do the other stuff yeah i totally I, that's um, it just makes it for me it made it a lot easier to do things like that and not be afraid to to do something that before uh, angrier me would have been too too self-conscious to and just i just wouldn't have even considered stepping out of the lines that kind of had already been drawn for me you know right so awesome well dude thank you so much for talking this was so much fun i could keep doing this for hours and hours but this has been so much fun man hell yeah um thanks eric i appreciate it um let me know and get it off top of it for sure